The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL Week 11 Power Rankings. We're going to talk some NBA draft as well. You're listening to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sportsaholic. But Sam, buddy, before we really get rolling, I like to just jump right into the Power Rankings. You good with that, my man? Yeah, brother. All right, here we go. NFL Week 11 Power Rankings. Yes, we're in the back half of the season. Things are shaking out. Teams that I thought would be better have question marks. Teams that uh, I didn't think would be as good as quick are starting to show signs of being a serious contender. Before we get rolling with the top 10, and I'm actually only doing nine teams this week, I'm going to show you the respect screen, which this week I'm calling the tied for 10th team. Look, you know, some teams here have beaten other teams. Uh, At this point in the NFL season, there have been so many combinations of games that, you know, a team in this list could have beaten a team in the top 10. Two teams on this list might have played and somebody beat somebody else. It is just what it is at this point. So I'm going to say these teams are tied for 10th right now. And I'm going to show you number, uh, the first one I'm going to talk about right now, the Baltimore Ravens, everybody. Look, I've been saying this since they were on their 14-2 and run last season. And at this point, other people are starting to latch onto it, and I've been saying it week in and week out. Lamar Jackson, I like his talent. Is the offense predictable? Is it Greg Roman's problem? Is it the coaching? Is it Harbaugh's problem? I don't know. I'm not particularly comfortable with these things being talked about by the players in the press. But let me say this. It's pretty obvious what the Ravens want to do. They want to run the ball up the middle with physicality. They want to play great defense and special teams, and they want to suck those linebackers up so that Lamar Jackson can fit the ball into in routes and seam routes for the tight end and for these wide receivers. The problem is they have not shown the ability to go over the top of the defense. So as we are making a Super Bowl run, we know just like last season and just really like the season before, the Ravens are a play from ahead team they have a fatal flaw, and that's the deep passing game. Um, What I find interesting is that Josh Allen this season had the ascension at quarterback and throwing the ball downfield and completing passes down there with higher efficiency. Um, He had that ascension that I thought Lamar Jackson would have. Lamar Jackson just hasn't gotten there. So I think the criticism is uh, warranted. I think it's for real. Tied for 10th for me this week from Baltimore. Uh, Big game against Tennessee. If they win that, they're right back in the top 10. But we know Tennessee bounced them in the playoffs last year. Um, I'm going to talk about the Cleveland Browns now. Uh, They are also 6-3. All these teams in this list, by the way, are 6-3. The Cleveland Browns, I like them. I like them like that Nick Chubb came back. My problem is that they seem to integrate in key situations Kareem Hunt more. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the league. He can catch the ball, everybody. He's a good running back. Every time he touches the ball, he gets five and a half yards his entire career. He is awesome. But for some reason, you know, I guess from a skill set point of view, Stefanski likes what Kareem Hunt offers. I think that makes the situation more murky. I think Chubb should be getting two, uh, two-thirds of the, of the snaps no matter what. Um, I think it's weird that in their four-minute offense, they take Chubb off the field and put Kareem Hunt in. I think that's to the detriment of the Cleveland Browns. If the Cleveland Browns committed to getting uh, Nick Chubb 25 carries a game, no matter what, I would like them more. I'll be honest with you. If John Gruden or if Arthur Smith in Tennessee, if these guys were calling the game, Chubb would be getting that volume that he should be getting. And I like that. And that's how teams win uh, later in the season. Additionally for Cleveland, Losing uh, Odell Beckham, that takes their big down-the-field threat out of it, 
out of the game. Even in play action, I don't think that Jarvis Landry or Hodge or Higgins or take your pick at wide receiver are as good and bring as much to the table as Odell Beckham is. I think that injury is going to be tough as Cleveland gets back into its division schedule. They have to deal with Baltimore's defense and Pittsburgh's defense is improved. I think you can chalk up probably two more losses to those two teams specifically. Um, They have to close out the season. Now they have um, reasonable wins on their schedule as well left, but I'm worried about that passing attack. The Los Angeles Rams beating the Seattle Seahawks this week. I know Rams fans, you're going to say, hey, you know, where's the respect for my team? I do like the Rams, but my problem is that they have to deal with the NFC West. I think Arizona is slightly ahead of them. Um, The Seattle Seahawks are also on this screen. I'm going to talk about just a bit. The Rams defense, I'm really impressed. I want to see a little bit more from the Rams running game. It seemed to have sputtered in recent games against, you know, superior competition, but they are still six and three. I did pick them before the season to be in the playoffs. I'm not moving off of that pick right now. Um, The question for me is, do they win the division? Do they finish second? Do they finish third? I don't know. I still think the NFC West is going to give us three, um, three playoff teams, but Hey, you know, if, if they have to bludgeon each other at the end of the year, everybody at this point has to beat San Francisco to close the season and uh, maybe trade losses, um, you know, in their round robin play. The Las Vegas Raiders, I just talked about them. They commit to the run. Uh, Derek Carr is playing his best football of his career. I have questions about wide receiver, but they do seem to get enough out of their wide receiver group when they need him. They still have Darren Waller. They can hit you in all three layers of the field. So I like their offense. The big question for me is the defense. They got to show up. I do still think the Raiders sneak in. I think they'll grab the seventh seed in the AFC. They are tied for 10th for me this week in the power rankings. The Seattle Seahawks, my opinion on the Seahawks offense, and I still think Russell Wilson is putting it up in an MVP season, but Kyler Murray is closing that gap with the way they're playing. Uh, Seattle and uh, Arizona, depending on when you pick up, they play on Thursday night football. So if you're picking up this uh, this up later in the week, they've already played. We'll see what happens. I tend to think Seattle will do what they need to do and win that game. I think Seattle's offense is missing the physical running of Chris Carson. It's no, for me, it's not a surprise that they've lost games since Carson has been out. When they get him back, I think they'll start winning games again. But again, like the Raiders, my question is the defense. I do think the Seattle Seahawks offense is at a little bit of a higher caliber when everybody's healthy than the Raiders, so I would say they're better. Remember, everybody, I picked the Seattle Seahawks to make it to the Super Bowl for the NFC. I'm not walking that back, but what I am doing is I am acknowledging the defense is an issue. Um, They're going to just have to figure out how to plug holes in the dam there. Um, But their offense, when it is at full strength, is probably, well, I would say definitely the best offense in the NFC with respect to a couple of the other teams that we'll talk about a little bit later. The Tennessee Titans, I like their offense. I like their um, commitment to the run. I do like, you know, Ryan Tannehill's efficiency. I think he's good. Uh, The Tennessee Titans um, offense, I don't say it's sputtering. It hasn't been scoring as much as it was early in the year. The Tennessee Titans defense does seem to be getting a little bit better. There's a big matchup this week against Baltimore, the winner of that game, will make it into the top 10 next week, guaranteed. So I like all these teams, all tied for 10th to me. That's a nice sneaky way for me to get around leaving some of these teams off the list entirely. Now let's get to the top 10, uh, but actually I'm just talking about the 9 because I just talked about the 10. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, 6-3, and three, they're doing some really great things defensively. Now we 
we're kind of prisoners to the moment when it comes to the first quarter of the season. Last year, the Miami Dolphins started off, I think, 0-5, but they were playing hard. I loved them. I bet on them at, in the second half of last season quite a bit because of how hard they were playing, and they were able to get better as they closed out the season. I think they went something like you know 500 football or something like that in the last eight games. Um, they're very, very good, the Miami Dolphins. This season, they started 0-2 again. They lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Bills, and since then, they've been 6-1. It's not a fluke. If you haven't watched the Dolphins, you need to get in on them because the Dolphins' defense is playing elite football. Their defense looks a lot like what we think the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense looks like when we're thinking about NFL fans. That's not a fluke. They've been doing it week in and week out, making game-changing plays. Uh, Tua, Tua Tungavailoa, I love his leadership. My big question for Miami is as the weather gets bad, can they run and play physical football? They haven't shown the ability to run between the tackles. And I don't know that Tua this season is good enough to get it done, but I do think the Miami Dolphins will surprise people. I think they will grab, um, you know, one of those three wild cards that we're going to get this year. Number eight on my list, the Green Bay Packers. Look, they're seven and two. They're the lowest ranked um, two loss team. But the Green Bay Packers, they started the season on fire in the first quarter. I think they started 4-0 or 5-0. And then the second quarter of the season, they just haven't been looking as strong. The defense doesn't seem to be clicking on all cylinders. The offense, they're not getting the efficiency in the run game. You know, some of that you can contribute to the teams they've been playing in the second quarter of the season. They just haven't been playing as well as they did to begin the year. I'm a little bit worried they're going on the wrong direction. I think they're trending down. That doesn't mean they can't get it right, but that's why they are ranked the lowest of all the two lost teams. Number seven on my list, the Buffalo Bills. They had a heartbreaking loss to the Arizona Cardinals. That was the most amazing Hail Mary I have ever seen. If that ball was one inch in any direction, that ball is incomplete. Buffalo defense that is about, about as well as you can. Yeah, you can make the argument that maybe the defender should have pushed um, Kyler Murray up the field. But look, I mean, it is what it is. You got to give credit to Arizona. Um, part of that, look, you don't take anything away from the skill of DeAndre Hopkins and the skill of a Kyler Murray, but to put that ball where it was, to drop it in a bucket, kind of on the move um, to your left, to drop that in a bucket, reset your feet, that's a one in a thousand throw, if not um, worse odds. It could have been one in a 10,000 throw. It was just incredible. But the Buffalo Bills, and what I really loved about this loss is Josh Allen, we forget about this, drove the team down the field, had an amazing touchdown throw, an amazing catch from Stephon Diggs on Patrick Peterson. That should have been the game winner if it weren't for that amazing Hail Mary. Uh, the Buffalo Bills showed a lot of character, and that's what I've been looking to see from the Bills. Can they close the gap in crunch time in the playoffs? If you're down four, you need that touchdown. Can you get it in the last two minutes? Buffalo showed it against a very good Arizona Cardinals team. It just didn't work out in their favor. But that loss showed me a lot more about the Buffalo Bills than their, you know, in my opinion, underwhelming victory against the New York Jets um, a couple weeks ago where they kicked nothing but field goals. I like the Buffalo Bills. I've been on them all season. Josh Allen, um, you certainly should be in the MVP discussion as well. Number six, the Arizona Cardinals. Look, you have to rank the Arizona Cardinals ahead of the Buffalo Bills just based on what happened. Um, but what I really like about the Cardinals is their defense is much better than I thought they would be this season. I thought that they were still about a year away. Um, I picked them to finish, I think, 9-7, and seven, but fourth in the NFC West. We know at this point their, their floor is probably third. But honestly, I think they're playing the best football in the NFC West, and that is a jam-packed division of talent. Uh, but we're going to see, you know, we're going to see some maturity. And the back, or the, the closing quarter of their season is really tough. They're going to have to deal with the Seahawks. They're going to have this week. They're going to have to deal with the Rams again. They have some tough games. It wouldn't shock me if they end up kind of stumbling, but at the same point, 
they're getting confidence and they're a good enough team to make the playoffs. So we're going to see where they are mentally. We're going to see if they can close out the season. I think they'll do it. I have faith in them. Uh, So number six. Number five for me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They did end up shredding the Carolina Panthers. The game, it was funny because the game seemed close to me and then I look at the end and they ended up doubling up the score on the Carolina Panthers. Look, when you're looking towards the playoffs, you have to be able to run the ball. Tampa can do that. They have Fournette and Ronald Jones, and Ronald Jones is playing better than I gave him credit for earlier in the year. They can run the ball. You have to be able to pass the ball. You have to be able to get key third-down conversions when it's like third and long. Brady to Gronk in double coverage, that's going to be there. But they also have Godwin. They also have um, um, Antonio Brown. They also have Mike Evans in the red zone, which I think he's a red zone specialist at this point, just basically what we're seeing this year so far. They have pieces everywhere offensively. Their offensive line is good. Then you look defensively. Can they stop the run? Yes, they can. They can force teams to pass, and they have enough ball hawks in the secondary to make a run. Tampa Bay is a legitimate Super Bowl threat, number five on my list. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts. People are like, why do you have Indianapolis in front of Tampa Bay? I'll tell you why. To begin the year, again, we get prisoners to the moment. To begin the year, I picked Indianapolis to win the division. I did. And then they lost to Jacksonville. I'm like, what? They lost to Jacksonville. I watched that game. Indianapolis outplayed Jacksonville, and they still managed to lose that game. I'm like, what is going on? Phillip Rivers, some key um, you know, key interceptions he threw, which has plagued him last year in Los Angeles. And then uh, the team had some turnovers on downs. Anyway, since then, they've been 6-2, right? But they've had some odd losses lately. Um, they've been getting better and better. They had some defensive players. I think in that Browns loss, they lost Leonard. They're going to get Justin Houston back. This defense, I was talking about Miami, it's elite. I know a fantasy football community, we want to think about the offense and like how, how explosive the offense is, but this defense is elite. You got to give that credit. They can run the ball, but here's the deal. In the last probably three to four games, Phillip Rivers, new offensive system. I know he's had experience with Frank Reich before, but he's still a little bit of an acclimation period. Lately, Phillip Rivers has been throwing the ball more. Indianapolis has been running the ball less. They've been efficient with their passing. Michael Pittman Jr. coming back looks like a star in the making. Nobody's talking about him, but I am. I do believe that he's going to be a monster as we close out the season. Naheem Hines has been more involved. I like the trio of tight ends when all of them are healthy. T.Y. Hilton now being the second receiver makes that offense a lot more interesting. Zach Paschal is very um, consistent. Again, we're not talking about the Colts. Nobody is, but they are a threat. Um, they are playing better, and their defense, which is already elite, is going to get better with um, players coming back and getting healthy. Number three, another team kind of facing some injury issues, the New Orleans Saints at 7-2. and two. Look, again, prisoners to the moment. They had that Monday night football loss against the Vegas Raiders, and we were thinking, oh, that wasn't a good, um, a good loss. But in retrospect, was it a bad loss? The Raiders have wins against the Kansas City Chiefs and New Orleans Saints. Very, um, very good. The Raiders are 6-3. and three. The New Orleans Saints were missing Michael Thomas for the first game. There was an adjustment period. Since then, uh, because they had that win in week one, and then they've been 5-2 and two since then um, without Michael Thomas for the most part. Now they're going to be missing Drew Brees because of rib injury, so we're probably going to see New Orleans drop off this list. But when you think about the playoff run, when you think about the Super Bowl, their defense, when they get up for games, they can stop people. I was mentioning the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a Super Bowl threat. New Orleans Saints give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers matchup issues. And it's a lot about matchup when we get in the playoffs. So Tampa Bay, if they have a clean slate, they don't have to do with New Orleans. They could very well make it to the Super Bowl. 
if they play New Orleans at some point, they could very well lose to New Orleans. It's you know these division matchups. Anything happens, anything can go. The New Orleans Saints, I like what they are. They're probably going to drop as Drew Brees leaves. But if Jameis Winston can do what Teddy Bridgewater did last year when Brees was out, then they're going to stay at the top of this list. So uh, I like the Saints right now. Uh, they were my uh, they were my co favorites in the NFC along with Seattle. I thought they would lose in the NFC Championship game, uh, but I thought the Saints would make a run. And here they are, seven and two. Go figure. Uh, number two on my list, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, eight and one coming off the bye week. They play the Raiders. If they can beat the Raiders, they have a very uh, valid argument to be considered for the number one team. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, nine and zero at this point. Uh, they're undefeated. Their defense is still playing better. I like the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, because their defense is playing better. Both of these teams, to me, have the highest ceilings. Uh, Kansas City. Pittsburgh, they can both run when they need to, but they both prefer to pass, and the defense can force turnovers and make plays. Pittsburgh's defense, I think, does edge out the Kansas City Chiefs' defense. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs' defense, when they're operating at full cylinder, I believe they slightly edge out the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. However, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been doing it on the field. The Kansas City Chiefs, Although they are an 8-1, and one, we haven't seen them be as elite as they were in their Super Bowl season last year. But remember, last year, I think they were 6-4. and four. Um, before they went on their run. Kansas City has their eyes on the Super Bowl. That's what it's about for them. They're still 8-1. and one. Let's see if they can lock up the number two seed. I do believe Pittsburgh versus Kansas City, assuming health, assuming everything, uh, you know, remaining okay in terms of player health and all that stuff, will be our AFC Championship matchup and what a matchup they would be. To me, they are slightly above everybody else. The NFC is wide open. It's going to be a fun run to the Super Bowl. I can't wait to see the back half of this season. And we are back. Before we get rolling, though, I want to talk about our friends at Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit that reset button to get ready for what's next? I can tell you, Sam, I'm in it. Fantasy football. I got YouTube. I am just jammed with stuff. On top of that, I've taken on some honeydew projects, uh, building some furniture. I'm doing everything, man. I'm manning out right now. Always jammed. How about you, buddy? Always busy, bro. Always busy. You know what I do, and I talked about this the last time we were talking about cores. I have refrigerators downstairs now in the basement. They are jammed with Coors Light. That's what I reach for. Now, Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sports are on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year, there are still plenty of teams and, t and sports to root for. Um, plenty of sports on TV that can give you an excuse to chill and drink a beer. It doesn't matter what team or even what sport is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or any team just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors, as I said, is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in a new look, delivered straight to your door, everybody, at get.coorslight.com. I want you to write this down, get.coorslight.com. Get beer delivered straight to your door. It's awesome, but everybody always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So, Sam, man, um, yeah, power rankings. Uh, the Steelers, convincing win, left them at number one. The Chiefs at eight and one um, are number two. Those, to me, are the two best teams, um, the two slam dunk teams right now in the NFL. I think both teams are getting better defensively. Both offenses are explosive. The NFC is wide open, absolutely wide open. The Seattle Seahawks are struggling without their running back and their defense is bad. You got the New Orleans Saints, which are probably playing the best at this point in the NFC, but then they just lost Drew Brees. Uh, Arizona is coming on strong. Arizona and Seattle play each other on Thursday night, or depending on when you pick this up, um, have played on Thursday night. So a lot of stuff still to uh, shake itself out. I still think the NFC West is probably the best division, but they all have to play each other 
in the uh, back half of the year. So it's going to be a lot of fun, buddy. A lot of fun. Yeah, man. Outside of uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, I feel like it's it's pretty wide open. So yeah, and uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Kansas City have to deal with each other. Assuming they they take care of business in the earlier rounds, they have to deal with each other in the playoffs. Um, right. Know, assuming the AFC Championship game, if you know if the records hold, that's when they would meet. So, dude, it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild finish, but we're gonna get I think either Pittsburgh or Kansas City versus somebody. And I don't know who that somebody is. At this point, I'm still not convinced that once playoffs start, the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't the best team, but they can't seem to do anything against the, the Saints. So it's all matchups <laughs> to me in the NFC, which is cool, man. We're, I mean, it, it's kind of boring when you know who the top two teams are and we're just waiting for the playoffs to end. Right. And it also kind of sucks when you know who the top team is, but they get bounced like in the playoffs early, you know, like Peyton Manning was like, he would always have these monster Colts teams and then they would get bounced in the first or second round. You're like, well, that sucks. Now right. Tom Brady has a clear path to the, to the Super Bowl. Um, that kind of gets boring. So at least we're going to get some drama. Um, it's going to be cool, man. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Super, um, good times, bro. Good times. So uh, this week I, I made my I made it out to the doctor, Sam. Um, now, I've talked about this before, but the last time I was diagnosed with a hernia, they said, eh, it's a slight hernia. Maybe it won't get any worse. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active. I, I lift weights. I just always carry stuff up and down stairs, too, like heavy stuff. This time I went back. I'm just like, I have all this pain. And he's like, yeah, it sounds like a hernia. And then I, I got the old check, the old turn your head left and cough check. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a hernia. He's like, do you want surgery? I'm like, well, not really, man. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. It's not on my to do list for this year. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to have surgery in 2020, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm <laughs> got yeah. enough going on. <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, just make sure that you don't get really intense pain, because if that's the case, you know, your intestines might be poking through and strangling and people have died that way. So just make sure that uh, you don't have intense pain. Go to the ER. I'm like, OK. <laughs> Meanwhile, right before the recording, I lost track of time and I was working on the basement because I built this massive piece of furniture. Dude, it looks so good. I'm going to send you a picture afterwards. Okay. I've seen the progress pics. Yeah, dude, it looks so good. So it's kind of in place now because we're getting some like uh, our sofa delivered today and all that. But anyway, but I had to heave this thing. It's probably like two or 300 pounds. (laughs) I was heaving this thing over into its place. And, uh, you know, right now, just my whole lower right side of my torso is on fire. So. It's not looking good for me, Sam. <laughs> well, be, be careful, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's not good. He told me that if it starts to flare up, lay on my stomach and then press into my press into my like crotch or whatever. Yeah. Just press into that and try to poke it, poke whatever back in. So maybe I'll do that now. I don't know. Getting old sucks, man. It does, dude. Like you know, even my, you know, my dog. My dog's getting up there. She still looks yeah. and acts like a puppy, but for crying out loud! So she jumps off the bed yesterday, and she's been on one foot ever since. So. This has happened once before this year, um, and it you know it, it it's like a tweak. We didn't hear her yelp or anything like that, so I don't think it's super bad. But we might have to take her in for surgery this year, so we'll see. Crazy, crazy. I do have puppy insurance though. Yeah, well, so, good. <laughs> so yeah, because I don't really have any money, so it's a good thing they have puppy insurance in case they have to cover that stinking surgery. But right, yeah, the poor girl. She just hopping up and down steps on one front leg. You know, it's just it's slow going. So I'm gonna have to. It's the thing I have to carry her, but I got the hernia. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, man. You might you might want to take take a little time off. Don't don't make that thing worse. Yeah. Maybe I know. wait till your wife gets home. See if she can help you move furniture around before you trying to yeah, do the old Viking pull. Saber toss. Yeah. I know. Don't I know. Strong man in your basement with your know, furniture. Yeah. 
It's it is it getting old is a is a drag, man. And I will say this is the gift that um that CrossFit keeps on giving, man. Because CrossFit, look, I, I like the I like the methodology if you're an active person. I like the methodology. I mean, definitely get your heart up. You cut fat really quickly, um, which is good because then you can eat whatever you want. Your body just like blows through it. But um, you know, then you got trainers who are, you know, really just cavemen and cave women shouting at you to like to to do more weight and i'm just like i'm pretty i'm pretty set with where i am right like, I'm, I'm sweating pretty good i don't really need to be a guy that can lift the back of a you know a volkswagen bug i don't need to lift right. the volkswagen bugs tires off the ground that's that's not me that's not right. my brand right. um, you're a suburban dad man yeah, yeah I mean, I, when's that really gonna serve you you gotta challenge yourself you gotta challenge yourself so anyway like i i'm pretty good about not listening to that stuff but um you know, apparently I, I gave myself a hernia. Um, this is years ago, probably. It's just been kind of festering, getting worse and worse. But now it's to the point where it's not salvageable, and I've recognized that. I came to terms with that today after moving my TV unit. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I can't do that. Because it stinks, yeah. man. Because, you know, like I can, I, you know, I can, I can move weight, you know, like. Uh-huh. You know, like a wheelbarrow full of uh, cinder blocks. I can I can get that thing no problem. And now it's a right. problem for me, and it sucks. <laughs> it yeah, sucks. man. It's brutal. And I used to always hear like people, you know, like you know our dad's age and stuff. Like when we were younger, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, getting old." So, and I was like, "Man, shut up." Yeah, shut up, you wuss. <laughs> it's like yeah, just stretch just a little go, bit. Go, yeah, go. You're not active enough. Blah blah blah. Right. Yeah, go lift something. And now I'm like, ah, well, I see what they're talking they were, about. They were right all along. Because <laughs> we're two active guys, and we're still two right. relatively young guys. And right. the body is just – for me, it, it started when I tore my um, when I tore my calf muscle. You remember that? And I had to get, like, that emergency mm-hmm. surgery and yeah. all that. <clears throat> yeah. And ever since then – like, because I used to be quick. I wouldn't say, like, fast. Like, I had an okay speed. Like, I could run uh, – maybe at that point, I could run maybe a four five forty, which is not elite, but it's pretty damn good for, you know, on average. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I was slow. Like, no quickness. I couldn't – because my the front of my leg atrophied, and it just never got back. I always sprained my ankle. Um, it's always, like, an issue. Um, but you deal with it, you know? And right. now, like, now I can't, like, really even move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 38, and I can't because of the, um, you know, what I want to do is like kind of get more. I, I want to do the TB12 and the Aaron Rodgers thing because I believe in it. Get get pliable, you know, mm-hmm. stretch and get limber right. because that's what keeps you active when you're older. And I can't even do that because the hernia. Like I can't, I can't do a lot of these stretches because my torso is all jacked. So yeah. it's just a mess, man. But I got to get that fixed. Yeah, at some point you need to get that fixed. Yeah, or else just... it's gonna be a nagging thing the rest of your life. Yeah. Or it's just going to burst. And gonna... Yeah, it's, that's not going to be good either. Yeah. It's not yeah. good for anybody. No. Anyway, so we got the NBA draft tonight. Um, doesn't seem like a good draft to me, Sam. How about you? Oh, no. Super weak. And, you know, I- I'm hearing right now that Minnesota is, you know, trying to, sh- you know, shop their number one pick. Um, so, basically, there's no outstanding, like, generational players in this, you know, unless somebody's a real sleeper. Um, is is coming uh is coming out of this draft um maybe some role players here and there but i don't i don't see any i don't see any crazy uh good steals in this draft at all you know so and and there's gonna be there's gonna be somebody who's picked like 10th or 11th or 12th right you know somebody who's like a junior in college that everybody just ignores because he's not like a rising um you know freshman or whatever yeah 
I'm wondering, um, or maybe somebody from Europe who nobody really knows about, I, I, because you know what I like to do is in the NFL, especially this year since um, you know trading cards have taken off. This year with all the rookie quarterbacks, I got a Joe Burrow rookie, I got a Jordan Love rookie, I got a Tua a Tongo Bailoa rookie. Um, I didn't get a Justin Herbert rookie because I kind of wrote him off and I'm kicking myself because I can't get back into that. He's too expensive now. Mm. Or at least maybe I'll go down a brand or something just to, to, to get that. But to me, it's like buying like a little stock, but it's cheap, you know? And it right. all only one of these guys has to pop. Now, last year it was Zion, but I didn't think Zion was the guy. And I still don't for reasons we've covered. I just think well, that you got John Morant or I did. Yeah, I got John Morant. I got Tyler Harrow based on, you know, yeah, your which is a good one. Yeah. And so like and these guys were cheap, you know, everybody was was focused on getting the Zion card. So I went and I got a John Morant. I got a couple other guys, too, just because I was picking up packs. I didn't get any Zion, which I'm fine with, because I think ultimately his body will betray him. He'll have a shorter career because, you know, look, man, those knees, these athletes that can move like I get that he's a freak athlete, but like we were just talking about, <laughs> you know, right. at some point, and I would say for him, it's going to be in his mid to late twenties, his body will be trim. And, and I think the, vo- the, the value will drop out. Whereas I think Morant just has more staying power. He's more likely to have like a 15 year career to me. Right. So anyway, this year I'm wondering like the, the big one in the, in recent years was the Luca card. If you could get the Luca, um, I think it was like Panini prism or something like that. Uh, that was the one. So I'm wondering if there's one of these guys because can, can you think back, was Luca? I mean, obviously, I mean, he's out outdone every single projection because of how great he's been in the NBA. But do you remember, can you look back in then and think it like, was there a lot of hype around him? I mean, there was some hype, but teams passed, I mean, three yeah. teams passed on him. So, uh, you know, Marvin Bagley got picked, uh, Trey Young, I mean, so there were yeah. teams that, you know, um, passed on Luca. Um that now would probably, you know, be kicking themselves, but, right. you know, obviously, um, but, you know, he was still, he, you know, he was still a good player, but I don't think anyone thought it would be this quick, right? you know, that he would ascend this quick to kind of dominate the way he's, he's been dominating and the dude's still not even, he still has baby fat on him. Um, he's still <laughs> right. like, you know, he's not, you know, he's not in great shape. He's, you know, a goofy kid. Like, so I feel like once he really even puts, gets the whole thing together, he, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be really good, man. Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm linking this back to trading cards and again, cause I find it interesting just to invest in them and it is a low cost investment if you get in mm-hmm. early. And so I'm thinking maybe for the NBA as I'm developing my strategy is to, um, is to just get the Europeans that nobody really knows about. Um, maybe, maybe the guys that, because you know how, how coaching is in the NBA too. There can be a guy with a lot of talent and the coach just rubs him the wrong way. So he only like lets him play 15 minutes a game. Maybe guys that will get into a heavy playing situation, uh, because especially in NBA trading cards, I'm finding is that if you miss in the first like 20 games of the season, there's no rebounding from that. Right. And I think maybe the same is the, is true in the NFL, whereas the NFL, I find that like a lot of people want the. They want the quarterback that can run, and it's all about quarterback in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like Lamar Jackson, again, and we're, I'm seeing it this year. This is more of a confirmation for me. Eh, you know, he's he he hasn't right. developed a passing game, so right. he's a running quarterback at this point until proven otherwise. Yeah, and they figured him out. Yeah, they figured him out. Yeah, that's that's what happens. You know, you remember on our some of these guys. 
on our on our group thread because uh, Gooch yeah. Givens is a big Ravens fan, and uh, they were fourteen and two last year, one on that run, and then the f- season before that, Lamar Jackson went seven and one um, in his rookie season to end the season, and they're a fine team this year, fine, not elite, fine. But even last year, when everybody was going crazy about Lamar Jackson, I'm just like, well, they're a play from ahead team. If he's behind, he can't close a gap. Tennessee Titans went up two scores, and that was that. And I think that's that's continued to happen this year. It will continue to happen. Even when I saw last uh, Sunday night against the Patriots, and I bet on the Ravens to cover, when I saw the Patriots were up by seven points in the second half, I said, game over. Game over. He can't do it. So, anyway, I like to favor the guys that... uh, that are in good systems for their skill set. So Kyler Murray obviously is a good one. I got I lucked out and got him last year. Um, I bought a bunch of Patrick Mahomes before the card market spiked this year. I bought a bunch of him before the Super Bowl victory, like the weekend of the Super Bowl, for like forty and fifty bucks, and now they're worth like ungraded. They're worth like five hundred bucks. So that that was a hit. Um, but that just goes to show you, man. Everybody was going crazy for Lamar Jackson last year. All his cards were one hundred and sixty two hundred bucks. And Patrick Mahomes right. was sitting there at 40 or 50 bucks. I was just like, well, are you kidding me? So right. I bought a ton of him, a ton of Jimmy Garoppolo, and um, and that worked out. And then this year, like I said, I just got in as soon as the packs were out. I just bought the rookie quarterbacks because I, you know, I bought them for like 15, 20 bucks each. And now they're probably all worth 100 and they'll continue mm-hmm. to. Because Herbert and Tua is going to be so good, Sam. He's yeah. going to be really good because they've been vanilla and the Miami Dolphins defense is helping them out. So he could be like Russell Wilson, where like Russell Wilson was an okay quarterback, but he had like an elite defense helping him. Nobody's talking about the Dolphins' defense. Right. Tua will, I mean, they're going to make a playoff run. And uh, they'll be in the playoffs this year because of that defense primarily, and Tua takes care of the ball. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be real fun. Super fun. Super, super fun. So, yeah, I mean, NBA, I, I don't think outside of, you know, we don't know who's going to go because the, the picks are being, I don't see the Warriors keeping this second, you know, the number two pick. Um, right now, you know, it's slotted for James Wiseman, who is the center from Memphis. Um, Come on, really? Yeah, well, he moves really well. So mm. I think that I guess that would be a, an interesting piece if he can move well. Right. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins was really good for the Warriors yeah. because he moved well. Um, this guy's seven one two forty, and he moves like a guard. He's, okay. you know. Um, How so does he if shoot? They do, if they do keep, I mean, right now he's just, a, you know. Um, a big body. He, yeah, he's just Raw a big, big body. body. But, I mean, any anything that, you know, he catches the ball within eight feet, though, he's, he's getting to the rim. Right. So, um, you know. If anything, that could help spread the floor. He might get a bunch of garbage buckets, just because you know you have to guard. You have to guard their players, right? And wait. And Wiggins is on the Warriors now too. And Wiggins is a good NBA player. You know, he hasn't lived up to his hype. What people, right? yeah, the the hype behind him, but he's still real good. I mean, he's a twenty one, uh, you know, a game player. You know, he's he's and he's going to be. Still... He could be their sixth man, right? When the when the guys come back next year. Well, we'll see. Um, they might play them all together. I could mm. see them starting, you know, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and, you know, potentially Wiseman if they were to keep this pick um, or another center if they, you know, can get somebody in free agency. Dwight Howard, they mm. have interest in if he plays the way he played for the Lakers this year. He'd be another guy because he just gets boards and right. runs the floor. Yep. And that's what they need. They don't need a, they don't need a big guy to take outside shots. Right. They need you getting boards, and they need you running the floor. And and Dwight Howard, 
you know, with this year, he could, you know, in the resurgence he had, if he has the same attitude, you know, he could extend this career another few more years playing with a really good team. So, um, I could see them doing that too. So, so what um, do you think they're going to do with the pick then if they don't keep it? I mean, they could move it for, um, you know, their bench. They need, they need some, uh, they need some good bench players. So that's why I was thinking Wiggins would make sense. I mean, he could take that Iguodala role. Um, right, you know, as as kind of a guy, if he could buy into that, but it seems like he yeah, could. I just don't know who else. They, right. <laughs> I don't You're know right. who else they'd start over him. <laughs> right. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Lamelo Ball is the you know mm. right now on a lot of the mock drafts, he's the number one pick. Um, but if Minnesota doesn't keep him, supposedly if he drops to three, the Hornets have the green light to go get him from mm. Michael Jordan. So. Um, but my favorite player that's probably that I would keep an eye on is Obi Toppin out of Dayton. He's just a really like skilled, uh, you know, stretch four, um, six, nine, uh, two twenty. but he plays really well. I think, uh, Billy Donovan's a coach there now and I could see him. He does pretty well with guys in that, in that mold. So that's cool. Yeah. Um. Tell me about um Harden because I saw the news that basically he he's he says he's going to Brooklyn now. <laughs> so, uh, Harden's a big baby, and if I'm the if if I'm the Houston Rockets, I'm saying get ready for the season. We're not trading you. I yeah. don't know why these teams feel the need to even because if I'm if I'm Houston, I'm not going to make my team worse by you know and get nothing in return just so you can go where you want to go. And I don't. Yeah, it's I not free it's agency. Up to these NBA, yeah, I think it's up to some of these NBA owners to say, listen, we've given you max deals. You guys can't leave within a year and just say, hey, listen, like, I want to go play with this team. Well, you know what? They don't have shit. Like, they don't have anything to get back that's even going to be close to the return we can get from your Right, wage. because it's not like he's like, oh, trade me for um, for Kyrie Irving. You know, he wants to right. go there to no, play with the three. He wants to be with Kyrie, and I don't think Kyrie wants him there. No. Because yeah. they don't have enough basketballs in the whole I team. was thinking about that. It's so, like, yeah, more mean, guy because look, it, we, we've talked on the show before about how, in my opinion, um, Westbrook screwed the Oklahoma City um, thing in Oklahoma City, and I, I said this at the time it happened too. So this isn't like you know retrospect, and they should have done this. I said this at the time is they should have traded Westbrook because one, Westbrook takes shots away from Durant. I'm talking about Oklahoma City way back when <laughs> they went to a finals that three the three together. We watched that finals back in our old apartment it was that long ago, right. and I was like Harden is Harden at that point in his career is like this this is the guy that should be complimenting Durant because he's a B. Like he's a B with a talent, and so he's not he's not chucking the ball like Westbrook is in in the final moments, right? And so it's right. like trade Westbrook, you pair um, the two personalities that mesh better on the court and Durant and Harden, and then you get more in trade for Westbrook at that point, and they biffed it completely, biffed it. Oklahoma City right. completely screwed themselves out of multiple championships with you know with that move. But yeah, well, you and I, you and I are not Harden people. There's some diehard Westbrook. Like, you mean die on the stone? Yeah, I mean yeah, Westbrook yeah. people. Uh, there are some die on the, yeah. you know, on their sword Westbrook people. And I've never gotten it, you no. know? And the thing is, I've always thought he's a, you know, probably one of the best athletes. Yeah, sure. Maybe the best athlete in, in the NBA. I mean, next to LeBron, obviously, but you know, Russell Westbrook is a freak, but he's never been, he's taken the same dumb shots mm -hmm. that he was taking his rookie year. And he just has not learned and he loves to be the guy. So, um, 
yeah, if I'm Houston and they did all these, they traded all these picks to get Harden there, even though they were better with Chris Paul. They, you mean Westbrook? You're, you're sorry, right? You traded sorry, picks to get Westbrook yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, traded picks to get Westbrook there. They were a better team with Chris Paul, mm. but because Harden and Chris Paul couldn't get along, right? They moved all these things, moved these picks to get Westbrook, took his crazy salary on, and now Harden's like. Yeah, I I don't want to do this, and this is where I want to go, which lowers your trade value right. because then other teams are like, well, we don't want to, we don't want this guy. He doesn't want, he doesn't want right. to be here. It's one thing if you're like, hey, I want out, okay, but if you're like, hey, I just want to go here, <laughs> Houston has no, um, they have no reason to move him. Yeah, I see on ESPN, there's a there's a line, one of the articles that says Rockets, quote unquote, willing to get uncomfortable, source says. And I would, too. I mean, this is yeah, it's one thing to say, look, guys, I I just I want to get out of here. You know, trade me to to one of these eight teams and keep it quiet. He says, trade me to them. What are they going to get for him? What are they going to get for him? And I don't even know about the Nets cap situation. Like, how do they acquire enough in salary to trade him to make it him a tradable asset? You know, how do they take the salary on? And then why would Houston want whatever salaries they're going to dump? It doesn't make any sense. And then, um, you know, I think what the NBA could do. Oh, by the way, let me wrap this up on Hart, uh, Westbrook as well. My feeling on Westbrook has always been that, you know, especially in the NBA, these these games so often come down to the last two minutes of each half, especially the last two minutes, four minutes of a game. And when a guy becomes unhinged and takes unbalanced shots and passes up open baskets for other guys, that is what you look for. I get the statistics. Like, if people are just looking at the stat sheet and talking about the triple doubles, that's where the arguments come in. Like, statistically, I have this argument with my brother-in-law a bunch of times. Harden is not a winner. And you can't quantify that on a stat sheet, but what you can do is watch the games and see him take unbalanced shots in crunch time. You know, he just gets the yips to me, and it's it's mental yips yeah. more than physical yips. And um, and I saw that last year when Josh Allen was in the playoffs against I can't remember who they lost to, maybe the Titans. I can't remember who they lost. It was the Texans, and he got crazy and he started like making these weird lateral plays and doing all this stuff. It's just like, bro. Let's settle it down, man. Let's settle down. Salt in the Oklahoma City Finals um, when you know Durant is just sitting there, one-on-one coverage, complete mismatch, and Harden's taking on double teams and hoisting up these, you know, these off-balance threes from you know from the baseline or whatever. It, it's like it's nuts. It's nuts. So I don't I don't like Harden's mentality, and I never really liked um, the mentality of uh, what's his face Carmelo Anthony, but he's starting to shift a little bit now and being more realistic with himself. But I don't think Westbrook's going to get there. He's a good enough player to put up the stats to to feed his own ego. But as for um, you know players, I say this about NFL kickers: look for the look for the mental game. Like if you're talking about stars and you're splitting hairs and everybody has superior talent, and Westbrook is one of these guys with talent, it, does he have the mental ability? to put it over the top. Like LeBron James, he gets criticized for passing the wide open guys and the wide open guys break a basket. And LeBron gets criticized for that. It's the right play. Do you make the right play in crunch time? Right. And uh, and Westbrook just doesn't do that. So I'm out. Right. And I mean, and, and Harden, if you look at his, um, his playoff, you know, numbers, they go down. I mean, he's a, he's a, uh, a regular season phenom right you know, and the guy's a great scorer he's just i don't think he can be your number one 
you right. know. And unfortunately, if he's not your number one, he's going to get upset. He's not having the ball as much. Yep. So I don't see how him and Kyrie even are on the same floor. It's just two people taking baskets away from from Durant well, in crunch time. Yeah, and just two people that need to have the ball to do anything. You know, Harden's a really good passer, and he sees the floor really well. Kyrie, same thing, but. When you take the ball out of their hands, they're nothing because, you know, their defense isn't great. Right. And if you're giving up all these good guys, if you give up LeBur and Dimwitty and all these things, like, what are you going to get back? Like, yeah. you're going to have nothing else on your team, you know, and you got KD coming back from a serious Achilles injury. You know, that's not a yeah. foregone conclusion that he's not going to miss games, <laughs> you know, so I just hate to see teams. I don't think Brooklyn's really entertaining it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Houston, like they said, they're they're ready to get uncomfortable as they should. Like, yeah. and I think what the NBA could do as well is another thing I like that the NFL does is they they have the compensatory pick program, where if you have a star that does not want to sign with you and that star leaves in free agency, you don't just get burned and get nothing. You do get compensatory draft selections. I don't know how you do it because the draft in the NBA is so top-heavy right. and it's a two-round draft. I don't know how you could execute it. But for, for Houston, I think they should be able to say, screw you, Harden, hold out, right. and then and then go away in free agency. But the, the worry for Houston is once he leaves in free agency, you're left with nothing. There should be something that comes back because these players are increasingly kind of forcing the hand here. And if they can get away with it, like, they can get away with it. Uh, but there's got to be something for the teams. But anyway, dude, I think we got to wrap up the show there. Uh, you got anything else for the crowd before we head out? Uh, everyone be good, man. Be good to each other. Have a good Thanksgiving. Be safe this Thanksgiving and holiday season. We'll be back next week. Be good. Welcome to, Welcome the, podcast. to the podcast. Functional sports are Sam and Sean, too, they beat. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Touch your mic, get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports holic. Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Reppin' the 407, Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are holy. Sam and Sean, too, they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are holy.